Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Only Stupid Answers. My name is Sam Basher and joining me as always, Mr. DJ Waldridge. That's who I am. How you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. yeah, it's Friday morning. Feeling yeah. pretty good. Power was out in this building for until about thirty minutes ago. Cool, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. Air conditioning is working its ass mm-hmm. off to cool us off. And gang, don't worry. You're in the safety of your car, or you're on the bus, or you're at home, and you're listening to the best thing podcast you can put your ears in. To this is the show where we talk about movies, yes, TV shows, yes, comic books, yes, video games. That's who Bigfoot. Sometimes we Sometimes. we we have we haven't revisited in a minute. Well, well he hasn't done a lot. Mm-hmm. Should we check? <laughs> yeah, we should, <laughs> wait, let's check on Bigfoot. See if he's doing okay. You know there is a Bigfoot museum, and mm-hmm. we could spend money to go there. Yeah, yeah, we should. Where is it? <laughs> the South, somewhere in there. It's I. It's I think it's in one of the Carolinas. Okay, gotcha. One of the Carolinas. One, one of them Carolinas, and it's owned by the people who do like finding Bigfoot. There you go. So, guys, if you want us to do that. Let us know. It's on the list. But today, we have a very special guest. It is not Bigfoot, and I don't know what his association is with that figure, but we can ask him in just a second. Uh, Mr. Scott Nicewinder, thank you so much for joining us from NerdSane. That's my name. Hello. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. You as well do comic book nerdy stuff on the internet. I've done that at least once. DJ's done that at least once, so we have something in common. How's your day going so far? It's been pretty good. I will say my association to Bigfoot uh, is that I also come from one of the Carolinas. Oh, so. there yeah. you go. So is it nice over there? Does it seem like the right climate for Bigfoot? You know, I, I just imagine that beach, uh, Bigfoot really likes beachfront properties. Oh, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, as do I. As Who does it? Yeah. Everyone likes to get away every once in a while. Uh, Scott, for people who don't know, can you give us a little background on you and, and your channel NerdSync? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I started this channel NerdSync uh, on YouTube where I take comics and superheroes and talk about the history, science, culture, art, and philosophy that goes into uh, comics and superheroes, sometimes movies, sometimes TV shows and cartoons, all that good stuff. I just, I love superheroes and I love what they uh, can stand in for and do represent and all the stories around them. And I want to show people uh, how great superheroes are. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, Just quick one off the top of your noggin i know you've recently done videos talking about the love of some of your favorite characters do you have a favorite character uh gun to your head you had to say one really quick it'll save yeah. you and your family's life who's your favorite uh character oh my favorite character hands down is aquaman Ooh. Uh, and it wasn't always that way i grew up with a huge love of spider-man yep um pretty pretty standard uh but then i started reading a lot more modern aquaman comics and uh, it's specifically, it was the New 52 run for me, mm-hmm. um, at, at least the start of it, where it was uh, people making fun of Aquaman for being kind of like no one's favorite hero. And yeah. uh, I, just, I just liked how he was always like, he always showed up, he always saved the day, and he didn't get any credit whatsoever, but he never complained. He was like, whatever, I'm just going to do the thing. I'm going to save people. I don't care if people like me or not. And I just thought that was so much, it was, it was fun, and I enjoyed that. 
uh, that take on the character a lot. That's uh, Jeff John's run, right? With I think it was Ivan Rice. Sounds right. Yeah, I, I honestly, I know uh, people like to throw New Fifty Two under the bus for a variety of reasons, but I think yeah. a lot of elements of that uh, relaunch um, worked. And I think Aquaman was one of them. I liked uh, something I kind of miss now is, you know, they specifically had kind of like their dark line and they had the action oriented line. And it, and it did a lot to vary up the type of comics that DC was putting out. And then it turned out nobody cared. So then they just <laughs> went back to normal superhero <laughs> stuff. But it was cool. It was cool that they really every once in a while, I, I DC likes to say like, hey, we're going to try something like new and bold. And then everybody's like, oh, we just want the same old thing. And they're like, all right, here's that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, we wouldn't have gotten without that run. We wouldn't have gotten the Aquaman movie. We wouldn't have gotten like, what'd you think of the, uh, Jason Momoa solo adventure James Wan directed? Uh, you know, honestly, I was, uh, I was super skeptical when Jason Momoa first came on board as Aquaman for like Batman v Superman and all that. Uh, but the movie itself, I was just so happy that my favorite character was, in the spotlight that people would be introduced to him. And uh, so much of that, so much of that movie did come from a lot of the new 52 stuff. Yeah, and really did. So, so to me, it was just kind of being like, Oh, cool. This is like everything that I, I wanted to see. I recognize that it has a lot of problems and some holes and some stuff that I would fix personally. Um, but at the end of the day, I was just, I walked out of the theater just feeling really, really happy. We talked about that movie, obviously when it, when it came out, but I also liked how like just big and bold. I, I just, I just like that they went for it. It's like, yeah, there's giant sea yeah. monsters. Here's the five kingdoms of Atlantis. Here's crab people. Here's fish people. It didn't pretend. It wasn't. It wasn't like. Well, we've got to hold everybody's hand through all that. No, it's like full on. Just here's here's Aquaman's world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is big uh, and bold, and it's super cool. It, it's a plus casting or, or not casting, but just great choice having James Wan be the one to pilot that and just go as big as he's ever gone for any of yeah. his movies. Like love all of his horror stuff. I think he did a great job with. Aquaman and I I really want uh, whatever that trench spinoff they keep talking about I don't know what it yeah. means but like I trust James Wan I, yeah, I think and, he could make something cool with it the trench looked really cool in that movie I think that might it be my favorite cool. design even though Black Manta looked really cool and the Jason Momoa putting on the Aquaman suit I was like wait I actually care about that like yeah. he looks really cool That's, not like yeah. the not the gritty thing from like Justice League which was not that bad yeah. but He's pulling off like the she- the sheeny shiny uh, orange and green scales. Like he's looking pretty solid. Oh, for sure he is. That was, oh man, that moment when he like steps out of the waterfall. I was like, oh man, it's I, it's everything I wanted. It looks so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have a uh, very uh, you have a, a shit ton of subscribers, if I may say. It's very impressive. You have five hundred and ten thousand over on NerdSync. And if you guys are listening right now and you're like, wait, I. I'm not subscribed to that. Well, you're a loser. You should have been subscribed a long time ago. And you got some uh, goodness here where you're diving into Thor's backstory, the music behind Stranger Things, which I'm going to listen to now. I added it to watch later so I can watch it. <laughs> and you've got some other uh, love of Mysterio. Is Cap 2 perfect? Yes. There's a lot of good ones out there. A lot of gems that you guys need to be watching. A is AP. Now, to kick off this episode, let's go ahead and do a segment. I think it might be the only segment that's lasted this long, mm-hmm. called What We're Into This Week. This could be uh, any kind of movie, TV show, comic book, or uh, if you picked up, like, Badminton. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if I know how to play badminton. But you could tell us if that's what you're into. DJ, yeah. yes. go ahead and kick it off. Uh, so for me, something I finally caught up with. I missed it when it was in theaters. But um, I enjoyed Harmony Korine's Spring Breakers. Mm. Um, and so uh, he recently came out with a new movie called The Beach Bomb, which was early in the year. But I didn't catch it in theaters. But it was on Hulu. So I was like, I'm going to watch it. Starring Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, Snoop Dogg, Isla Fisher... Uh, Zach Efron and his panini beard. Um, <laughs> it is a panini. It is a panini beard. There's a story where Harmony Korine saw a panini. He's like, that would look good on Zach Efron's face. Uh, and, you know, it does. Um, it might be the face. It might be the face that it's it on. It could be the face. But uh, um, so I watched it. And it was really interesting because on the surface, it's very much a like... Uh, hey man live your life enjoy your life this is all about enjoying life the only goal anybody should ever have ever in anything is just to enjoy themselves that's that is kind of the way the movie presents itself but there's this like interesting undercurrent of the fact that like so it's called the beach bum if you've seen matthew mcconaughey mcconaughey in it he looks like uh like a jack sparrow-esque somebody who need desperately needs a bath yeah yeah but it turns out like <laughs> through no uh, through sheer luck, basically, like no effort on his part, he's married into wealth and he's like crazy wealthy. And through uh, extenuating circumstances, he might lose that if he doesn't finish his book because he's lauded as this great poet. And all the stuff he does, he's basically like the worst kind of person to most people in his life. There's a point where he and Zach Efron assault an old man in a wheelchair. And it, you're kind of like, wait, am I supposed to? like this guy but there's these little moments there's a moment where his wife looks at him be like you are a total fuck up and the movie doesn't respond to that movie doesn't like rebuttal that moment ever and at the very end uh jonah hill plays his his manager and he's like you know the best part about being rich is you can do whatever you want to people and they have to take it and so there's this element of this movie that that i'm not sure is completely intentional (laughs) but but kind of it feels like a rebuttal to this idea of this this absolutely because every time we hear him do poetry he's supposed to be this amazing poet this like award-winning poet his one piece of poetry that's his that he uh trots out is him having sex with a woman twice like that's the that's the gist of it and it feels like this rebuttal of this idea of this completely mediocre white guy that's able to just cruise through life and enjoy himself and live a life that's based off his enjoyment just because he has money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it and it ends with him like burning a boat full of it, which could be perceived as like an fu to like the money lifestyle, or it could just be an example of how this guy is just able to burn through money without he's consequence. Yeah, yeah, he's completely. And on that level. I think the movie's way more interesting. If it's just supposed to be like, hey, enjoy your life, ah, forget about it. It's it's nothing. But this element that's like kind of subversive and kind of like, fuck this. It, it feels like that part of this movie's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. That's <laughs> yeah. way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Wait, the director again? Harmony Corinne. Harmony Corinne. He did Gummo. He did um, uh, Kids, which I think was the breakout role for Rosario Dawson. Oh, it is, way back when. It yeah. is very much like, I have not seen Kids, but the way I get it is it is about young people having sex the same way Requiem for a Dream is about uh, a casual drug use mm-hmm. in that it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there is an element of that in his work, that ability, uh, that that kind of like 
I, I heard it described as like a scold, like scolding people kind of. So I, there, mm-hmm. there is there is enough there in his previous works and in the text to have that reading of of kind of like undercutting what Matthew McConaughey is supposed to represent. But he's fun in it. Snoop Dogg's hilarious. Isla Fisher's having a great time. Uh, Martin Lawrence is in there for a minute, and his bit is really funny. Uh, if you guys would check out our little catalog of podcast uh, soon or it might be up right now we're going to be doing a deep dive into bad boys because dj's never watched bad boys or bad boys 2 before and yeah. josh McCuga's coming on it's going to be a blast but uh good for martin lawrence getting out there yeah he's, he's really funny in it so it's interesting it's an interesting little like it's definitely like uh the most uh, unplotted hangout movie of hangout movies if you went and saw once upon a time in hollywood you're like oh not enough plot don't see Beach Bum. <laughs> you're not you're not ready for Beach Bum. <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, after the trailer, I was like, because I, I, I'm fine with hangout movies, but I saw this. I'm like, this is probably going to be loved by some film nerds, and that's exact. <laughs> that go for it, like it, and I yeah. am going to do something else. Yeah. But Scott, what are you into right now? Oh man, I got to tell you, I when I was growing up, I missed out on so many of the video games that mm-hmm. I am like <laughs> finally going back and playing some that I've like heard about, but not really understood what they're fully about. Um, so the thing that has been draining all of my time right now, uh, is, uh, the Phoenix, Wright Games. Whoa. Nice. Good, good shout like, out. Um, I, I've never heard, I mean, I've heard of them obviously, but I've never played them. I've never seen anyone play them. And I'm like, this seems like it would be a fun thing to do. It has taken just so much of my time away from me because uh, mm-hmm. I can't think about anything else and do anything else. Although I will say this, I'm terrible at video games and it feels like it's very, very hard to lose at these games. Nice. Like, to get sort of any sort of punishment whatsoever for doing a wrong thing. Like they make it real easy for you to be on the right track. So what, how many Phoenix Wright games are there at this point? I, I do not know. I think I, <laughs> I, I bought at least the first three okay. thinking these will be really short to play. I'm like barely through the first one and it's been, it's been like a month. Yeah. So. What, what system are you playing them on? Uh, currently I'm playing them on, uh, a PS4 because I do not have a Nintendo Switch, but boy, do I want one. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty, uh, pretty cool. I Mm -hmm. can verify that they're pretty cool. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like I like the, I like the, uh, kind of mystery solving about it and crime solving element of it. Um, but it feel I, I wish there was like actually a way for you to accidentally accuse the wrong person mm-hmm. or you know something something that would like make it so you could actually have like horrible ramifications for for not gathering all of the evidence. This yeah. person's like, going to prison for life mm-hmm. and you fucked up. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you can't even you can't even go to a trial without making sure that you collect enough evidence. Like, what if you just get? What if I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I want to go to trial right now. And mm-hmm. they're like, do you have evidence for this? I'm like, oh, I. I, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> man, this guy's gonna walk free now. I got a gut feeling. So hard. I mean, this guy's just so nice looking. Like, yeah. there's no way he could have done yeah. this this crime. No, no, mm-hmm. no problem. Oh, but, uh, but yeah, those. That's been. That's for sure been the thing that's been uh, absorbing all of my my free time. Uh, but thankfully, it is my uh, birthday this weekend, <laughs> so I will be. I have so many friends who want to hang out and do things that. Uh, 
I will be ripped away from my TV and forced to interact with humans. I thought you were going to be like, so yeah, I've got so many people that want to do with me, but too bad because uh, I'm playing <laughs> yeah, Phoenix Wright. Yeah. These people yeah, are going to go to jail if I don't help them. I need to help them. <laughs> I don't even know when the game came out, but it's like, I feel like these are all cold cases by now. I gotta solve <laughs> Well, hey, happy early birthday. Um, um, recently, I celebrated a birthday as well, and I, it was like a little late celebration. That's what I'm into this week. I went and, uh, my family and I went to the new Alamo Draft House in LA, in LA, and we saw Blinded by the Light. And it's uh, got like a 91%. It's that I thought when you see it and you see that it has something to do with Bruce Springsteen, you're like, oh, it's like um, Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody where it's like a biopic on the, the life of da-da-da. Yeah. And I'm like, it wasn't. It's, not, it's just about a, like the Bruce Springsteen fan, like the biggest fan ever. And it's his story. And yeah. it's, I was like, that's, uh, that's actually pretty sweet. And it, it, the main character is uh, his parents were Pakistani immigrants who lived in like a, like a podunk, uh, suburban outside London yeah. and um, in the 80s and so they are it's just his story about how he's trying to figure out what he's supposed to do with his uh, the cultural pressures of the people he goes to school with but also from his family and during the recession in the 80s especially how it affected uh, immigrants in small towns and him finding this music and, and, and finding this inspiration and this person who speaks about small town living that he can able to relate with that and it's really sweet it's got like a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes and it, it, I think that might be a, just a tad bit generous like um not that this is a bad movie but it is um it, in the beginning it's a lot of like it, it's like isn't this bad isn't you be like nazis bad it's like yeah yeah and like no. it, it's not saying it in a way that's like super like nuanced it's like literally showing you a nazi he spits on the main character and you're like yeah like yeah we know yeah and th- if i'm guessing this, i hope we know i hope we, we sh- know we should know at we this point know. um <laughs> And uh, but once it gets into him discovering the music, the way the movie is directed, and the way that the you get the performances from like you like the dad is super judgmental of his love for like Western music, yeah. but at the same time it does a good job showing like the dad gets laid off from the factory, and you just get all these scenes where it just follows the dad going to job centers and like getting turned down for months, yeah. and it does a good job of showing that like the dad is emotionally ruined right now, yeah. and the kid wants to go off and like listen to rock music and it's like no it's like it, it's more it's it, it's more layered than just like the dad being mad that you're listening to rock and roll it's like no we need money or we won't have a house anymore and mm-hmm. you have to do that because I can't do it anymore your mom can't do it anymore your sister can't do it anymore we need you to kind of like click into gear and do yeah. this and the and the kid is trying to do that throughout the movie but at the same time he's trying to figure out who he is and I love that there are so many layers to this movie it's a wonderful celebration of, uh, of Bruce Springsteen and it also does a good job of like illustrating like oh this is how people get indoctrinated into becoming big Springsteen fans because whenever you meet a Springsteen fan they are that is them yeah. that is their thing and that is and and now I get it I yeah. understand it it's sweet yeah. uh, and Haley Atwell's in it so shout out to great. Marvel alum she does a great job in the in the role that she is given and I recommend seeing it also Alamo Draft House I've I wish they paid me to talk about them because I talk about them so much they're the best <laughs> they are it's just the best movie going experience um that out, out there like IMAX is fun but mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to enjoy cinema go to the Alamo Draft House that being said Scott let's hop into into uh, what you love is comic books um, really quick I want to ask what do you think of Avengers Endgame 
oh my gosh, I loved it so much. There were so many amazing moments and iconic shots, and uh, uh, yeah, I loved it so much. I made a video recently about Thor's whole arc throughout uh, the MCU and how it ended in Endgame, and or will continue on after Endgame, um, and just how much that his appearance in Endgame meant to me, especially his conversation with his mom, that out of all of the fun action and you know comic book moments that happened throughout the movie uh, just that conversation between thor and his mom was like the thing that i walked away from like uh, just thinking like oh my god that that was amazing and i love this and that's all i can think about so no. end game 100 so would you say you're a fan of thor the dark world just asking no <laughs> sorry that definitely had a lot of judgment attached to it let me ask it again no. are you a fan of thor the dark world <laughs> Let me ask it again. Are you wrong? And do you like Thor the Dark World? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I guess, but it's, it's certainly. I, I don't. It's not my favorite for sure. Yeah. I like that it made that Endgame was able to make that movie important. Yes. And in, in the best way, where it's like, hey, you guys know you had Renee Russo, right? Not, and, not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. You, yeah. she was, she was around, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You, you should have used her more. I, her, yes. her funeral scene in Thor: in The Dark World is beautiful. But I wish I knew the character more. And that was really nice to Adventures Endgame that you were able to have that. Also, uh, recently, I, I don't think I said this on the podcast, but I just wanted to, I had a nice moment where I was able to connect with my dad over superhero movies, which he's not the biggest fan of, besides like Logan, because he likes cowboy movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, we watched a little bit of Endgame, and he actually wanted to sit down and watch the whole thing. He had a great time. Also, he's an older man, so he was like, it was nice that we could watch it at home. We could pause in a three-hour movie. Mm-hmm. He could go to the bathroom, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he like grab a snack, and he can come back and yeah. keep watching. He had a great time, and now he, every time we go out now, he just talks about it. And I'm nice. like, that, you get it. You get it. <laughs> yeah. You get This is it. This is the thing that I like, mm-hmm. and I now can connect yeah. with my dad over a movie that it, that is great. Also, I can't wait to check out your Thor video, because I do like Thor's journey especially in in endgame that a character is allowed yes. to be depressed and i liked also that when he picked up the hammer he didn't have to he didn't turn into like sexy thor he turned into mm-hmm. just regular thor he no. got a braided beard yeah. and then that's it that's it yeah oh. that's just like oh, yeah. ultimate viking thor i'm mm-hmm. on board with this mm-hmm. yeah i so full disclosure to anyone who is interested in watching my uh thor video i've been told it's very sad uh because i do i tell like a little personal story and i un uh, like i didn't plan on it but i definitely do cry on camera accidentally dude hell yeah man we did a podcast where i mean you talk about let me preface you talk about something that's serious and that's about uh, uh his journey of depression and recovery and whatnot we thought yeah. we cried on i cried on that during a podcast one time because we started talking about our favorite video games and i got the super smash bros and i started crying hey, man, <laughs> we left Sma- it in the smash bros makes you emotional man. man no judgment that video game get i mean the when they had the story mode subspace mm-hmm. emissary which apparently is hated online that's a big surprise but <laughs> anyways uh so would, would you say that you were a comic book fan as you were growing up or did you you kind of discover it in your adulthood because i'd say by age 22 for me i i decided to kind of dive into the medium because it's like i mean comic books are everywhere i didn't really read them as a kid um but i who didn't watch like a justice league animated series or like batman the animated series or one of the twenty thousand spider-man cartoons like you had to what was your journey with uh discovering this medium yeah, so my dad was actually a huge comic book nerd uh, growing up. So he was for sure the one who got me into it, uh, specifically around the time of like um, the first X-Men movie coming out. Like I had watched some cartoons and stuff, um, but 
it was that moment uh, when I got to see these like really cool characters with superpowers on screen. Uh, it was the first time I saw a movie with like just my dad because like we have a big I have a big family, a lot of siblings, yeah. and so that was like a kind of like bonding moment. Like let's go watch this movie about superheroes together, and that meant a lot to me. And um, I guess ever since then I was just really. Um, captivated by the idea of people with with super superpowers and i would watch cartoons obviously watch all the spider-man movies and um and i think i didn't actually get into comic books until uh like really heavily until i graduated high school and then my dad gave me a big chunk of his collection that he had collected uh throughout the years a lot of uh stuff from like the 80s 90s sort of era and I guess to this day, I don't really th – this is what, like, kind of separates me and makes me almost like a, f a fake fan sort of a thing. But, like, I don't know. I I don't read a ton of modern comics that, like, are, are just coming out. Not because I don't like them or don't appreciate them. Um, but I, there's just something really fun about, like, the history of, like, older comics and, like, these iconic stories that have, like, shaped how the characters are. Uh, and like the backstory behind like how these writers and artists crafted these things under certain conditions. And yeah. I don't know, I, I love learning about the history of the behind the scenes of comics and superheroes, seeing how it molds into things that are now iconic for these characters. Um, so I don't know, I, I've just always, because of my dad's collection and because of he was always into these older sorts of comics, um, they were given to, to me and that's kind of the stuff that I really love and enjoy. I'm probably going to do that when, when I have kids too. Like, oh, I have too many comics. Hey, you want this chunk? You want this chunk of like my, take, <laughs> yep. here, take these. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I was, yeah, I, he set it up like a present, but I'm yeah. almost positive it was just like a, I'm running out of storage. Yeah, space. yeah, Can yeah. you take this? It does, it takes up, uh, it, it, it takes up space. It does, it, it does not. I uh, should frame most of my gifts as that, where yeah. it's like, oh my God, it's taking up too much space and I just, I, it, the, the presentation of it <laughs> mm -hmm. is what really matters. Exactly. Like, it doesn't have to just yeah. be comics. It can it's be basically the anything. It's counts. Yes. This is mm -hmm. my Nintendo Wii. Sure, <laughs> the batteries don't work anymore. Yeah. Doesn't all the plugs are frayed. <laughs> but it's more about the symbol of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is something that meant they something. They came before. To me. Yes. So they shaped me. When the, the, you said that your dad, your dad, it was mostly like 80s and 90s comics that, you're, that were gifted uh, to you. Yeah, a lot of that and uh, a lot of Wizard Magazine, like old there Wizard Magazine, which is very fun to dive into and read interviews. Uh, so much information about the history in there. Uh, yeah, he always, yeah, he would always go and get like the brand new comics as they were coming out as mm -hmm. he was growing up. So I would just get – that's a lot of stuff that was passed on. There's a lot of earlier stuff I think he still has that he's saving for himself. Mm -hmm. uh, but if uh, – if he runs out of storage space, I might just get another little exactly. present. Exactly. Yes. He's just knocking his door like, hey, guess what? I got storage space over here. Yeah. Were there any of those um, 80s or 90s storylines that like stood out to you? Like that you like uh, remember fondly? Recently, we wow. did an episode on Crisis on Infinite Earths because the CW shows are diving into that for this year's crossover. Yeah. And so I was reading that recently because the, the DC Universe app has the whole thing. And boy, it's dated. But there are you get you understand while reading it, like you get why this is iconic. So, what about for yeah. you? What were the ones that stood out? For me, the the one that I like gravitated towards immediately was I think um, 
Venom Lethal Protector. Yeah. I, I just, there's, I, the, the honest reason why that stood out to me the most when I first got that collection is because it had the foil covers on yeah. it. And I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I like this. It's shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked reading because I liked the idea of Venom as a sort of anti-hero who like only hates Spider-Man specifically, but like, at least in this era, it was like, I just hate Spider-Man. I don't really want to be a villain. I just don't like Spider-Man. And then Lethal Protector is kind of like, all right, let's just, let's, we're going to, we're cool now, Spidey. I'm going to do my own thing over here in this other area. See, see how I can help people. And it was really interesting and weird and fun. And I don't know. I just liked it a lot. It's funny because like, I remember um, when Spider-Man three was coming out um, uh, and you, you really got a sense that like, Sam Raimi did not like Venom. And it's just a whole generation, <laughs> these whole generation of people that like uh, were in charge because they were the adults at the time that like, ugh, Venom's lame. And it's like, well, yeah, because you didn't grow, like, it's not like Dr. Octopus, when he first appeared, was like rich and nuanced and had all this. It's like after 30 years, you know, you got, you got, some, you got some meat on his bones. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So you have to wait a minute. But it, I, I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and, and one of these uh, uh, comic blogs or whatever posted, I think it was, speaking of Lethal Protector, I think it might've been issue two. But it was like Venom on the cover. It's like, of course I love this character. He looks awesome. He, he looks like <laughs> Spider-Man with Fang. It's like he's got some of the Xenomorph in there, but it's not like gross. Because this wasn't like the full-on tongue drool ah. Venom. Like he's got some of the Xenomorph, but he's not gross. But he's got all the coolness. It's like, this character's amazing. Like I don't know why it's taking us so long to like crack what makes uh, Venom work and is appealing. But all us 90 kids, man, 90s kids, we know. Yeah. So, did, did what did the Venom movie do that for you, Scott? <laughs> did it do it for you? I, I I didn't hate it. I thought I would hate it. Same. Um, I didn't watch it in theaters, but I but as soon as it came out, I was like, you know, what, we'll give this a shot. And I honestly thought it was really fun. Like, it's not the most amazing movie I've ever seen. It's it's far from the best superhero movie I've seen or, or comic book movie in general. But like. It's, I thought it was fun. I had a good time watching it. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I'll give you this. It was probably better to watch it at home. We saw it on a regular theme, uh, screen. We're like, okay. Yeah. I think we both like left like, we don't hate this. Yeah. Saw it on IMAX. I, I don't remember why I didn't return those tickets. Should have done that. Um, and immediately all the CGI just doesn't work on a screen that's that big. So that was a no-no. Watch it at home. Uh, Definitely recommend yeah. watch it at home. I'm excited to see what Andy Serkis does with it. Yeah, um, and and Woody Harrelson in a bigger role because mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson's great. Yeah, let's cut that hair. Yeah, cut that hair. Cut, cut that the, wig. Cut that, that wig. Cut that wig down. <laughs> it doesn't sound necessary. Yeah. Um. So I was watching uh your video on Justice League, throwing it back a couple years, but you mentioned that you wanted to do a video on Doomsday Clock. So are there any? And you mentioned that you don't read more current comics. Are there any ones that do stick out to you that you end up checking out, like a Mister Miracle from Tom King or anything like that? Oh, man. No, there's so many. I can't believe I for, I didn't realize I mentioned that in a video because Oops, I still haven't yet. done that. <laughs> I still have not done that video. <laughs> well, guess what? Doomsday Clock isn't done yet. So you've got another, you've got another, like what, six, six months? Yes, yeah, yeah. six months. Um, no, I, there's one that everyone's been talking about recently that I, that it, because it's been getting so much buzz, I desperately want to dive into, which is uh, the X-Men book. Is yeah. it House of X? Yeah. Yep. Oh, is it good? Oh, it's so it's House of X, Powers of X. We've mentioned on the podcast before, and we okay. do some like reviews sometimes on our Patreon. And uh, yeah, it's like a full. They're trying to do this full reset, but also like 
condense down everything that is the X-Men ever into a thing that's coherent. And weirdly, it's working so far, so but it's, far, it's early. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, very okay. nascent. So it's, it might be good to like wait once it's done and come back and like see how it all... Th- then they launch like 19 books and then you can't follow it after that. So wait till these are done. Yep read those and then maybe read, read doomsday clock when you're done like have you read uh watchmen or yeah see the movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's a yeah, yeah. that's a movie there it is <laughs> there, there, yeah, that's a movie that exists yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's fine. sam has your channel open over here and i and i noticed the is cap too perfect and i wanted to know i yeah. want i want to know your well, thoughts of on course that. Listeners, go yeah, watch we'll the go watch it. Yeah. Pause this. Go to, go go to Nerds and watch, and then watch come back it. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to see if you could elaborate on that. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, no. So uh, it was just it was mostly the idea that I had from a, a buddy of mine is a professor of philosophy uh, at the some university. I don't remember what, mm-hmm. but um, it's a big wrote, it's a big one. <laughs> it's a big one. He wrote a book uh, called The Virtues of Captain America, which talks a lot about um, the virtue ethics and how Captain America follows them and what makes him a good moral exemplar in the, in the Marvel Universe, both in the comics and the movies and all that stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. And I started diving into his book and I was just like, I wonder if th- there's just this idea of like Captain America being almost too perfect because around the time that I made this video, it was also like revealed that that um, Cap not lifting the, uh, Thor's hammer in uh, Age of Ultron was not because he couldn't, but because he could. He was just like, oh, you know, I don't want to hurt Thor's ego. I'm going to throw this out there. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I make that joke in the video where I'm just like laying on the ground, like just defeated. Like, no, I love that explanation. It's really good. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's bullshit. Because it makes it's just it's just a less interesting story choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Go on. Sorry. Oh, no, no. So I just kind of took that idea and I was like, well, does that mean that there's nothing fallible about Captain America then if he was always able to lift the hammer? And like even there's so many comments at the MCU about like Tony saying like, you know, sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. Or like Zemo saying this. I love this scene in Civil War where he's, um, you know, finally goes comes face to face with Captain America. And he's like, you know, all these years I thought you were perfect. But now that I see you, you've got a bit of green in the blue of your eyes. And I think that's just it's such a good line that kind of shows how everybody even if he's not perfect everyone views him as this perfect being and like how do you live up to that if you're someone like sam or bucky who who like especially sam was to take on the mantle of captain america now like how do you live up to that or like you know are you is is having someone who's such a perfect role model like is that motivating or is that demotivating because like you'll you'll you know you'll never be able to live up to that so i kind of wanted to explore a lot of that in that video i like Uh, I like that a lot because I, I think my only issue, I think the cat movies are some of my favorite in the MCU, especially Winter Soldier and Civil War, all-time favorites of mine. But mm-hmm. I do wish that people called Cap on his shit more because yeah. I, it, I think there's this, you can have him be a good person but still have to learn and grow. In those movies, everybody learns and grows around. They learn and grow that Cap is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. like Sam Jack, <laughs> Nick Fury, and Winter Soldier learns like, oh, Cap was right, and I was wrong, and and then kind of like there's similar stuff in Civil War, and there's this uh, moment in Civil War, which again is probably one of my favorite MCU movies, where like you know Cap has this moment where like somebody says you're wrong, and you're like, no, you're wrong, and it's like that philosophy is stupid. That's really dumb. that's what bad people do. They're like, that's the no, I'm not going to learn and grow. You learn and grow. You know what I mean? 
And it's like, yeah. I kind of, the closest we get to that is at the beginning of Endgame when Tony has this little uh, freak out because he almost died in space. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, multiple times. Uh, multiple, multiple times. times. Yeah. And also, he's right. It was, you were supposed to be there. And yeah. also, it does kind of circle back to Civil War. It's like, okay, so you still think you're right, but you're wrong. Because yeah. we lost, and that's your fault. And it's not your fault. Yeah. But we could have maybe yeah. done something if you were here because of your high grounding and your complete inability to compromise on any level <laughs> the, the adventures disbanded yeah. and that's kind of on you mm-hmm. yeah tony uh, was actively trying to fix it also he was wrong in mm-hmm. the ways that he was doing it but yeah, yeah. no and that, that's a that's a great point you do get a little bit of it a little bit but i do i just like i think you go back to that zemo moment and i, I really like that moment too and i kind of wish there was a moment where cap was like you're going to need to do like i need you to move and zemo was like no you like have the bad guy throw it back in his face and you realize like oh wait there's this philosophy is entirely flawed <laughs> because yeah. it's only dependent on it's completely dependent on your perspective of what's right and that's that's thorny territory yeah, I mean, and that goes to uh, not to get too like philosophical, but like that. Please that's do kind get of what, too philo- philosophical. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what my uh, my friend's book uh, talks about about the virtues of Captain America, where like virtue ethics is kind of this idea where instead of there always being like right and wrong, um, based off of like either what happens or if just some things are like universally right or wrong, virtue ethics is more about like you look to people who are good moral exemplars, people who practice good virtues, and whatever decision they make must be the right decision because they're good people. So it's less that the decisions are good or bad, but or the actions are good or bad, but it's the people are good or bad. And so it kind of varies on, um, on you know, they could have something that you would say like, oh, that's cri- hypocritical that they would do this here and not there. But like, you know, depending on the circumstances, you know, maybe it is right. Like Captain America, I, I don't think I, I think I ended up cutting this out of the video, but like um, there are certain comic books out there that very explicitly say that Captain America never killed anyone even when he was fighting in the war. Mm-hmm. And like that seems silly to me because yeah. I think I, I think that that is fine to do like that doesn't make Cap a bad person no. um, if, if he were to, you know kill some nazis or whatever um but i think that there are some people who are writing captain america who are like well killing must always be bad and captain america must always be good so we can't mix those whereas virtue ethics would be like no you know captain america is good and if he killed these people it must be for a good reason because he's a good person sort of a thing and of course that muddies the water a bit with like you know who is a good person whatever yeah. blah blah yeah. Uh, with that, are you a fan, just as pivoting just a tiny bit, are you a fan of The Good Place? Because the whole point of that is, because uh, I listened to an interview recently with Michael Schur, the showrunner, yeah. and he was like, what if we were able to make a show that could show you how to be a good person? And that was, an, that was a through line that they had in the writer's room where it's like, we don't, I don't know if we can get to this, but what if that's in the back of our heads when we make the first season? And they realize really quick that, no, that we can't do that because it's too complicated. And then also they do a good job of diving into moral philosophy in a way that is entertaining and actually is able to teach you something, which is crazy for a comedy that, uh, from someone who made The Office <laughs> is able yeah, to right. teach you something like that. And they talk about, um, they bring up a lot of different moral philosophers, but also the idea that in certain situations you can be someone who makes decisions for the good of all or the good for one. Like if you're able to lay down, you are able to save the one even if a lot of people get hurt, but at the same time, you can switch at points. I don't know. Uh, the Good Place, I was wondering if you've watched it because the show's done a good job with moral yes. philosophy. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. I was actually thinking about going back and rewatching it just because I love it so much. And that there's just something about I love every season of it. But the, there's just something so magical about the first season, especially the way that it ends. And you're just like, what is <laughs> happening? Yeah, it's a it's a solid show. And I really en- I think season two might be my favorite just because once it's unpacked, once you get to live yeah. in that and you it, it uh, in seeing a someone who is eternal have to deal with something that is finite mm-hmm. it's a it's a yeah. very good moment of like yeah that's what humans do mm-hmm. that's how why it's hard yeah. that's why it's really really hard to be a human yes. and it doesn't get you off the hook for being a, like an overall dick but mm-hmm. at the same time it's like cut yourself a little bit of slack yeah. if if we if you do believe in something like a higher power or something eternal like this that being said, we'll go back to comic books. So, uh, w- so your Aquaman is, uh, we'll say, arbit- like basically that's your all-time favorite character. But what are some other characters that have really resonated for you? Because for me, I'd always go back to the Flash. Uh, I, over time, I'd say DJ's won me over. Wally is my favorite. I'll throw him oh, out there. Oh wow! I'll throw him out there. Oh wow! But let's talk about the TV show. Yeah. I mean, Wally didn't have enough time to even do yeah. anything. So Barry, I do like him on the show, and I like Barry in the Justice League movie. I do yeah. enjoy him. And but I love that he's able to encapsulate basically every corner of sci-fi that I love. Like yeah. I know every character's gone in through time or other multiple universes or whatever. But I love that like the Flash is the character that started that for like DC Comics. That that's the one that has like kind of been like an easy bridge to all those different genres, at least in the early days. And also he gets all the cool superpowers that I always mm-hmm. wanted as a kid. Like yeah. who doesn't want to be Superman one? Mm-hmm. But also it's like, what if you could run really fast at the and just and he's a regular guy that gets to choose to be a good person. That being said, I rambled. I'll come back to that. Scott, what uh, what about you? <laughs> Um, well, this kind of also goes back to uh, like more modern comics that I've been interested in checking out because people tell me that it's really good. But I am a huge, uh, not really a superhero, but comic book character in general. Big fan of Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um, just because I, I think I have a whole collect. I, I don't collect comics. Like I've got my dad's collection, but like that wasn't something that I actively participated in. But the only physical like comics that I collect are Jimmy Olsen comics. I'm trying to get the entire run of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I'm I'm not even near close because there's so many of them. Yeah, but I just love age, how yeah. bonkers they are. Like they are exactly the Silver Age of comics in a nutshell. They're just so bizarre and funny and like weird and uh like even just describing the covers to people. I used to do this like fun game where I would just like describe uh, I would make up an idea of a cover and then I would also say an actual Jimmy Olsen cover and people yeah. would have to be like, is it real? Which one's the real one? Because you could just, you could make up anything. And it's like, yeah, that's probably a Jimmy Olsen comic cover out there with that. <laughs> yeah, Matt Fraction is doing a new run with uh, Jimmy Olsen and it's really funny. Have you read any of the new run that he's doing right now? It's a limited series. I, have, I haven't, but I really, really want to. I've seen screenshots of it, like people posting pictures of it and uh, just some of the jokes in there. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I want. Oh, oh. so, so uh, w- worth picking up. There is a kickoff comic to this event Leviathan uh, series that Brian Michael Bendis is doing for DC and in there is a mini story that was like a tease like a taster for the Jimmy Olsen comic that Matt Fraction did so not that the comic's bad it's mm-hmm. a good comic that's been like the tightest comedic 
like story that they've told so far for Jimmy, and it ha- it was killing me. So grab that, grab the first two issues. Newest issue came out this week. Yeah. So you can you as can, of this recording, as of this recording, you could go out and get them real quick. They are they're Matt Fraction's my boy. He did an amazing yes. run with Hawkeye, and he made me like Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. That was yeah weirdly hard to do, but he made me. It was like. Like, you know, he's like the everyman here, like Daredevil, but like, what if he did it during the daytime and he just got his ass beat <laughs> constantly? Like, he falls off of a roof onto a car, and then we cut to six months later when he's getting out of the hospital because, of course, because, yeah. of yeah. course. That's how things work. That's how things work. Um, so, yeah, so you are in for a treat, and that's a really cool collection to have because, yes, they are weird as shit. They are. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's also more attainable. We got a buddy who's trying to collect every issue of Action Comics, all 1,000. I was like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, good holy luck. That, cow. That Action Comics number one's going to be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a bit yeah, of a challenge. That's like, that's fun for me whenever I go to like any sort of Comic Con or comic book show. I'll just be like, show me your jimmies. Where are your jimmies? There you <laughs> Give me them and- jimmies. The Jimmies and nobody wants to sell them for any more than like just a couple bucks. And I'm just like, yes, I will take all of these for twenty dollars, please. Appreciate you. <laughs> so for you, you do these um, videos on the philosophy of heroes and stuff like that. What do you think superheroes provide? Because the superhero genre is just gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, it's consumed all of pop culture. What do you think it provides us as people um, that that is that benefits us or is that is that is appealing to us? I think the thing that's appealing to superheroes, even since the you know action comics number one, is th- as a society, because superhero comics in general are, are very American creation. Um, that's kind of where they started out with you know. If you, I consider Superman action comics to be like boom, first big superhero. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I I think a lot of what su- makes superheroes so appealing is that these are people who are powerful and who are putting things in order because superheroes rarely fight for change. They almost exclusively fight for let's just repair the status quo. A villain attacks something, we'll stop it, you know, Mm -hmm. everything goes back to normal. And so I think what makes superheroes so interesting is when our own lives become chaotic, when they become uh, stressful, and uh, I did this whole video about Action Comics number one, actually, very recently, about why Superman smashes a car on the cover. And it's because automobiles were giving people a lot of anxiety. Uh, industrialism was giving people a lot of anxiety. So here is a superhero. Here's a super strong person smashing a car against a rock like a caveman. Where did he find a rock in Metropolis? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's the purposeful. famous Metropolis quarry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, I think it is this idea of yeah, people doing what we can. The embodiment of of people's fears being things like cars and technology, or you know, super villain scientists who are like doing all these crazy inventions. And then you have people who are just using you know, especially at the beginning, just like brute strength or just something very primal to be like, no, we're putting things back in order. And I think even nowadays we see like, you know, uh, I, I, I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep pointing to my own videos, mm-hmm. but like I, similarly, thank you. Similarly with like, um, Spider-Man swinging around New York. Um, that is like a purposeful act of like, here's a grid of New York. It has rules. 
people drive here, the buildings are here, I'm Spider-Man, I'm not going to abide by these rules, I'm going to swing and do whatever I want. And I think that is, again, this idea of like uh, almost rebelling against industrialism and technology and the advancements of, of, of human life that can be kind of scary when they're all happening so fast and so quick. And I think that's part of what makes superheroes interesting uh other times i just think they look cool and they do cool things yeah that would be a big thing for me i think you know the good news is that industrialism is completely worked out and there's nothing we need to be stressed about that at all anymore honestly it's crazy how many bad things didn't happen because of it Uh, i like that i I like that outlook a lot that idea because i think it goes back to you know some stuff with like the the conflict between beowulf and and grendel and the idea of like the the, maintaining the status quo, which I think there's something. I think uh, Mark Russell's been playing around with that idea of like, what if the hero didn't represent the status quo? Like, is that actually beneficial to the stories we're trying to tell? Mm. Uh, I think that's a, one of the cool things about the superheroes becoming as predominant as they are is there's room to uh, examine it and what we what we look at as heroism and as a positive. And, and how we look at being a beneficial part of, of the world. So uh, I don't know if this is on your radar, but have you heard of Second Coming? It was a book that Vertigo was going to publish before that all exploded. Um, and it moved over to uh, a different publisher named uh, Ahoy Comics. Have you heard of that? No, I've not. So, What's that about? Uh, the uh, quickie uh, pitch is, you know, the classic sitcom promo where two roommates are back-to-back, and you're like, uh-oh, construction worker and a... Uh, uh, drag Mathemat- queen? Oh, yeah. How are they going to get along? So it's that, but it's yeah. Jesus Christ and basically Superman, a stand-in for Superman. And Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it, it, it was uh, evocative, and it was supposed to... It's titled Second Coming because as we prep for the Second Coming of Jesus, uh, God was like, you know what? You need to learn how the world really works, so I'm going to send you over to the man who I look up to the most, and that is Superman. And it's we, <laughs> the character is named uh, Sun, Sunstar. Sunstar. That's <laughs> easy peasy. Um, and yeah. it, it, this book, it, we talked about it on here to no end, and I recommend, if there is a comic that if you, if you want to check one out, I recommend checking this one out specifically because it is taking a look at how we problem solve and what uh dj before when we have we had a private conversation about this so he said it best but it was just looking at how uh, we view society and also how we view violence as a as a means of solving problems and superman represents that but what if we didn't do that and maybe that's part of what how mark russell is uh, interpreting what some of jesus teachings were was it there take out the religious aspect of it uh, when it comes to uh responding with violence and re- instead of trying to be kind to your neighbor and understanding and figuring out maybe there's different ways of fixing uh the people that we view as bad or problems in our own society dj take over quick you okay. can fix it <laughs> yeah well, I, uh, in, the, in the back in the back matter i always like i'm, I'm a nerd man whenever i get a, a graphic novel i always read the forward and then um uh there's some some comics have these like little essays in the back I, i've been a big fan of criminal and there's always this essay from one of ed brubaker's crime writer friends talking about a, a noir movie or something like that and it's just it's so fascinating but anyway and and uh, Back in the Second Coming, there's an essay by Mark Russell talking about how uh, culture views violence and super, what what superheroes as a whole represent to that. And it's just an interesting it's an interesting deconstruction of of uh, I would say conservative faith values, but also the superhero genre and what it represents in our culture. And it's cool to have somebody that's like 
not interrogating it, not, not questioning it, allowing room to like, what does this stuff mean to us and, and how can we be better? Uh, have you read the second issue yet? I can't get my hands on it. Oh, okay. Well, I can't find it in any shops by I, me. I will mention a point that is brought yeah. up. Yeah. In this, we see our Superman analog going mm-hmm. in to fight someone, mm-hmm. and something goes bad. Yeah. I just say that something goes bad, and there's a moment where we have the we have we have Jesus. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we have Jesus saying that like, mm-hmm. hey, sometimes brute force doesn't work, and he's like, and sometimes. Being a pacifist doesn't work either, so it's a crapshoot. He basically yeah, yeah. is like, "Hey, sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't, and it goes both ways." There isn't there. I don't have an answer for this, and yeah. the reason why this story exists is because you're able to analyze both of the positions. It does not mean that one or the other is the universal truth to solving the world's issues. It's actually going to have to be a combo of both of them, and that's really trying right now. And it's cool that he's able to take a story like this and just try to interpret the, uh, a 2000 year old piece of text. And also this plethora of comic books that we have right now that deals with violence on a regu- on a weekly basis. It yeah. is showing uh, not it's over the top violence. I wanted to say grotesque. It's not on purpose, but maybe it's detrimental that it isn't. Uh, and maybe you should understand the Im- the impact of something this violent and what that could mean for like children and even adults reading it. So you should check yeah. out Second Coming. We actually even have a question from our patron that asks about it regarding it. So we'll go ahead and skip over that. But I'll give a shout out to WestG91. Thank you so much for sending in that question. Um, but also I wanted to give a quick shout out to you, Scott, from Shark, saying, I uh, don't have a question, but can you just say that I love them? And that also is from Brenda as well. Nice. You guys are the best on Patreon. And they want to know that you, uh, that you have top notch content. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, and also, uh, we have some uh, questions here. Supermax specifically says, any recent comic theory slash analysis books to recommend? Do you have any that you'd recommend? Oh, man. Um, well, I'll shout out for the third time, Virtues of Captain America. I it's did, a really good one. I checked out. A, I pulled it up on Amazon on my mm-hmm. phone. I was just checking to make sure I could get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty good. Um, that's written by my buddy Mark D. White. He also released a new book very recently uh, about Batman. I think it's just called The Ethics of Batman. Um, excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, if you're not super into philosophy, I think I would uh, highly recommend – there's a book that's been sitting on my shelf that I've I've only I've only dug into it a little bit, but every page has been really fascinating. I think it's just called the an, uh, the anatomy of a superhero or the anatomy of metahumans yeah. or something. Wait, like yes, that. I, ha- I, I have the book. It is beautiful. It is a wonderful piece of art. It's on my shelf. It's great. It's so it's so pretty. I kind of took a lot of inspiration from that when I was uh, getting an artist to design my new like YouTube banner and logo and everything like that. Which oh just yes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it looks really good. Thank you. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, there's boy, I have so many. I typically have one video a year dedicated to like, here are all the cool like superhero comic book analysis videos uh, or books that I've been reading. Uh, if you're interested in it, uh, the classic one would be just like Marvel Comics: The Untold Story. If you're into history, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have so many. You can just ask me on Twitter, and I'll just I'll shout you out any random one that I see in my bookshelf. I will DM you later asking for your recommendations. Um, I would also like to mention when we're talking about like the history of um, comics and stuff like that. I, I think it's imp- I, I want to bring up Art Spiegelman's essay oh, yeah. that he wrote for he was he was hired by this company that was uh, uh, reprinting a lot of um, Marvel's work during world from the golden age so like late 30s through world war ii 
And he did a little essay about uh, uh, talking about superheroes and how they relate to fascism and how, you know, a lot of the original creators were, it was a response to that. You literally have Captain America from Jack Kirby and Joe Simon punching Hitler in the jaw. Uh, mm-hmm. And he mentions, you know, we now live in an age where the red skull is on movie screens and we deal with the orange skull in our day-to-day lives. And the, pub- and the publisher was like, hey, can you cut that line? Because Marvel doesn't want to be political. And he was like, cool, I'm just going to take my essay. And he and you can read it on The Guardian. You can read it online in its full form on The Guardian. And it puts a little addendum at the end where he points out that just after he decided to not have his essay published because he didn't, he didn't feel comfortable with that situation, that he found out that uh, the um, head of, of Marvel Comics Division, Ike Perlmutter, uh, uh, donated the maximum amount that you could to the Trump campaign, mm. and is a is is not only a Trump supporter, but is actually uh, helps the Trump administration. So it's weird that it's like, hey, we don't want to be political, but it's like, you, yeah, but you are though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You are. You just don't want yeah. me to be political in this way. And and it's it's yeah. it's worth reading in in that context, but it's also worth reading because it's a very um, uh, Art Spiegelman was creator of Mouse, uh, which is one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. And mm-hmm. so his his understanding of the medium and its history is is very sharp. It's like whenever you read an essay about from Alan Moore on on the history of comics and publishing, it's like oh this this person knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's worth reading on that as well. It's also nice. Uh, yeah. Recently, Alan Moore like he retired. Let's pretend, <laughs> let's pretend like that's permanent. But yeah, um, yeah. he recently <laughs> retired, and he did it. It was nice that he did a little stick to like the comics gate people. It was just like yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, it's weirdly you guys think that he would be on your side. It's like, have you no, read no. his no, 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 stuff? Because no. then you fully misunderstood. Also, Kurt Busiek, who wrote Marvels, he's also a, yeah. a, a prolific writer. Wrote mm-hmm. um, he just did. He was interviewed and he talked about some not as not as political, but some of the wrong takeaways we had from Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and it's yeah. like that's. Batman at the end of a trying and like horrible life and now that personality has kind of trickled down and is now just the Batman personality it's like he doesn't why is it like a 30 something let's pretend that hardened and and, and angry. his parents were killed, Sam. Yes, and bats are spooky, but he overcame <laughs> that. Real spooky. Yeah, if you, I don't think you really overcame it that much if you're still in this kind of a, in this bit of a tood. But, like, I, I, I appreciated what he had to say. Um, I did want to ask Scott, this comes from Danny M, a.k.a. Echo Spider, in our chat. Uh, also a fan, but he wanted to ask, any favorite comic characters outside of Marvel or DC? Because saying Batman uh, is easy, um, and they, he had a list of uh, some of his favorite characters outside of uh, the mainstream comics, like Barbara from I Kill Giants, or Lottie from Snot Girl, which I've heard is a very mm-hmm. good comic. He also threw out mm-hmm. Esther from Giant Days. I'm a big fan of Giant Days. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but for people who are not, it is just a slice of life story about three girls in, in England who are just going to college that's it. And it just follows that it just follows their life. Some stuff is larger than life, but it's mainly just their imagination. Um, and it's, that's it. Like, uh, hardships of you needing to like grow up and be like, yeah, you do need to get a job. (laughs) You need to get a job or like rent sucks. And if you guys don't live a safe life, it's going to suck. Or you're in, sometimes you're in toxic relationships. And even when you're a friend and you know, you should say something that is hard, that is hard to do. And I, I really appreciate it. Um, are there any comics like that, that, that stick out to you? Well, my favorite movie ever is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's amazing. So huge fan of also the uh, the comics and the graphic novels for the. I love Scott Pilgrim so so much. 
Um, so yeah, that's my super easy, quick answer. Love them. Uh, when I was a kid, I mean, because I'm a kid, I watched that when it came out and I was in high school. And so <laughs> in it, you're like stylistically like, this is great. And you get old references and yeah. you're great. And then you, I mean, I watched it when I was like a little bit older. And I was like, oh, Scott's a bad guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yep. also I didn't, yep. I got the joke a little bit at the end where it's like, oh, Nega Scott shows up and he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. Scott's the—he's dating a high schooler. He's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a—he's a bad person who learns to be good by the end. But also, we don't know if that like lasts. We don't know. Yeah. No, no, we don't know. No. But Edgar Wright, uh, freaking nailed it. Uh, DJ, do you have a fa- would you say like a favorite indie? Because I know you're a fan of Criminal. I, I like Criminal a lot, but I'm I'm kind of uh, just getting into that world with this new ongoing series. I'm a big fan of Hundred Bullets. I've talked about that before. My favorite character in that is Victor Ray. Um, who doesn't show up till issue 50 of the 100 issue run. Um, uh, took his time. Took, took his time, but he makes an impression when he shows up. <laughs> um, and um, uh, I like Saga a lot. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite character out of that, probably Lion Cat. Uh, I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? He's great. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure if Lion Cat, or it's a cat, who cares? <laughs> also, it's been like a year since that comic's been published. And yeah. so it's like. He, it's, I saw like an article pop up, like, Saga came back. It's like, no, it's a compendium. It's yeah, like, it's no, everything it's, that came before. I'm like, no, I want the, <laughs> I want the new ones. Give me the Give new me the ones. New ones. <laughs> uh, I know you're a big fan of uh, Why the Last Man. So would York be on that uh, list for you? Uh, yeah, but also. Um, uh, uh, whoa! I'm doing my bad. Fan fifty two. Uh, the uh, the agent that follows him around. Yes, uh, I, I think that, uh, York does grow and change and become an adult, which I appreciate. Yeah. And man, god damn it, uh, Brian K. Vaughn's just the man. Yeah. I, uh, he's an amazing writer. Why the last man, Scott? I don't know if you've read it. It, 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 you, it should. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's solid. Yeah, it's a classic one. Yeah, I think uh, Victor is is um, one of my first expo. Victor and Hunter Bowles is one of my first exposures to a character that uh, d- challenges you because he is he is my favorite, but he does the worst thing in the comic. Mm. Uh, he's, he's part of one of the worst things, and he has to unpack that action. And it's and I, it's something I wish we did more. I've been thinking about this a lot recently for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think uh, love superhero movies with characters like Captain America. But I think it kind of feeds into our binary view of you know things are good or things are bad. And it's like you look at Captain Marvel, and and I always want to say that like Captain Marvel overcame the Marvel's villain problem because of Talos. Except it didn't because he's not the bad guy. With the, the twist is he's just it's not that he's not complicated. He's just not the bad guy, and the bad guy is the other guy, and the bad guy is Jude Law, and he's paper thin you know what i mean so it's like you just did a little switcheroo you didn't like make you didn't make a killmonger who is who isn't like nuanced and fascinating and has a lot of layers or whatever um but i think we struggle with when a character um uh, i i think i think about this a lot in context of like cliff booth in once upon a time in hollywood and all the drama there i think people are under this impression that because he's Brad Pitt and because he's like a bull, he's supposed to be a good guy. So when he does something that we don't like, we're like, well, what, we're supposed to like this guy. It's like, no, he's not. You can like him. He is like a bull. And he can do good things sometimes. Sometimes. And he can have a positive attributes. But he could also 
have a severe violent anger issue that would, at some point somebody's going to have to confront them on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. because people are complicated. You can have somebody that has been your heroine for eight seasons of a show, but has always struggled with one aspect of her personality and finally give up and give in and be fascist. And it's like, that's not easy. But oh. that's what happens with people. Like, it, it took me too yeah. long to figure out. What figure you're like, I, I, I was think, like, Supergirl hasn't been on for eight seasons. Hold on, Supergirl know, hasn't I, been on for eight seasons. I don't think she's going to become a fan. But I, I don't. I don't think audiences are are well versed in being having their their perspectives challenged. And I think uh, I, I I wish we were better about that. Understanding that people we like and overall good people can sometimes do bad and damaging things, which which I think is important to discuss because it's important to be able to process when that happens to you or when you do that. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm a good person, so therefore everything I do is good. It's like, oh, 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 oh bullshit. <laughs> That's not true. Anyway. Yeah. There you go. But uh, Scott, we're winding down now. But for the people, I, we, we've been, we've been uh, pimping out your channel because they should subscribe and where it's cool to see that a good chunk of our audience does check you out. But where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, YouTube. Just search for NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Um, you can also just find me on Twitter as well. Same thing, NerdSync. Or I have uh, my personal Twitter with spicier takes, uh, which is it's just Scott Nice Wonders. My name, S-C-O-T-T-N-I-S-W-A-N-D-E-R. It's too many letters. It's, but it, hey, it's nice. I follow both. There you go. Thanks. Make sure you follow them. And also, you have a Patreon. All those spicy takes. You need the spicy oh, takes. I, I do have a Patreon. Thank you for me. I, ne- I always forget to like pimp out my Patreon. You got to yeah, pimp the I Patreon. We got gotta you. got to pimp the Patreon. We got Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, also, I want to give a shout out because 100% after we're done recording this, I'm watching this video. Why do Spider-Man and Doctor Strange make the same hands? And it just says hands up on the thumb. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> why, I, does, why, does weirdly, Di- why does Steve Ditko <laughs> like those hands? I, I love that that is one of your biggest videos. Like, uh, like it's, it's got a lot of views. So, and I love that it says hand stuff because I'm like, Hand stuff. I gotta check yeah, that. I gotta out. check that. Out. I, and now I think the bigger question is why doesn't like the question and the creeper make those hands? Like maybe that's just the Steve Ditko thing. He just likes those hands. That's yeah. I dive into a lot of that. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. I don't know that that video performed way better than I thought it would, and people uh, have been. Uh, that's why the new logo, uh, the new channel art, I don't know, I think it's cropped off, but like one of the hands of the superhero is a Spider-Man logo. Yeah. Uh, or oh, nice. Whip thing, which is very fun. Um, yeah, so that's a fun video. I definitely go check that out. I just broke my phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will check that out. That's a good video. And make sure you guys follow Scott everywhere that matters. And make sure you check out all of our content. We got a podcast coming out every Monday. We have new content coming out at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. We've got oh, anime we watched. We've been going through a bunch of series. We recently watched One Punch Man. Boy, howdy, that show's awesome. That's, yes. I mean, duh, you know that. But now watch when we figure that out. It's fun. See us figure it <laughs> yeah. out for once. And we've got one more as of recording this. We're going to be doing recording our final one very soon so make sure you check out the whole series and if you guys want us to do more reviews like that let us know on the patreon but super tv showdowns coming back very soon and we'll be watching all every single one of the cwdc shows because we care about you but also subscribe to our youtube channels uh only stupid answers might be awesome there's so much just follow us on twitter at sam basher at dj talks trash and at only stupid answers and you got the vowels from stupid bing bing boom that's pretty tight scott thank you so much once again and uh gang we'll see you next time Bye bye